to the Determined People podcast. We are committed to bringing encouragement, strength, and hope to a world that is in desperate need of it. I think you'll agree we are in desperate need of it in today's culture. My guest today went from hopeless to hopeful when she was just a child. Anastasia Myers is from Russia. At seven years old, she and her sister were placed in separate, separate orphanages because their mom could no longer take care of them. In the U.S., 100% of newborns are adopted, not necessarily the same situation the older that a child gets. In fact, it starts going down precipitously. Only about 7% of seven-year-olds get adopted. As of 2011, Russia said they had 650,000 orphans, most of whom had been there since the 1990s. And so the odds were extremely against her favor that Anastasia and her sister would get adopted. Yet, they both were. Today, we're going to hear her remarkable story of going through what she went through as an, as an, from orphan to having a family. So welcome to the show, Anastasia. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about some history. What was your life like before adoption? Um, It was different. It was definitely different. It was sad. It was lonely. Um, And then, you know, coming here and getting a family definitely changed my life. That's, yeah, for sure. Sure. So, but your mom uh, was in and out of your life, I think. Is that correct? She was. She was. She was 16 when she had me and 19 when she had my sister. And, you know, I can't imagine having two kids in general. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I like have to, as a single parent at the fall of the Soviet Union when you're so young. And so, yes, she was in and out quite a bit. I don't remember a father figure in my life, so I know she was doing it alone. Um, and yeah, she I think she was incredibly overwhelmed, and it got to be too much. What got you and your sister placed into orphanages? So my mother was gone for an extended period of time, and uh, she had gotten arrested for stealing, I believe, and mm-hmm. prostitution. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she had to serve some jail time, so we were put in an orphanage until she could finish her jail time, but then she didn't come back. So after a year with her not paying alimony to the orphanage, we were eligible to be put up for adoption, which is what happened. And we got adopted by an American family here. Sure. What was that like waiting for your mom to come back? And your sister was in a different orphanage. She was. So you didn't have that family there. You were pretty much alone. What was that like waiting for your mom to come back and then finally realizing she's not coming back? That that was hard. That was really, really hard, to be honest. Because, um, you know, she, she had told us we were going to school. And so I, that's what I was, you know, I was under the impression she was coming back. Um, and then she didn't. And, and that was really rough. I remember the first few days I would just, like, lay on this little, like, tea party set and cry. And, you know, they shaved our heads. So it was just, you know, I didn't feel like myself. And then, yes, I didn't have my sister anymore. Um, and I had, I, you know, I, I knew her. Obviously, we lived together for before that. And then when they said my parents were coming to get me, I assumed it was my birth parents. And then these two Americans show up, and I'm like, who are you? like, what am I supposed to do? Really? Yeah. Really. I want to get in, into that in just a minute, but let me ask you a question. Have you forgiven your mom? Yes, 100%. Okay. okay. How did you – how long did that take? Years. Um, it, I don't think it really happened until I had my son. I don't mm-hmm. think I really understood what she was going through. I, I and, and, you know, after – actually, even after I had him, there was a moment in time where I was like – I love this kid so much, I can't imagine not giving him the whole world. And so there was a little bit of, you know, animosity there. But then once I kind of got into the, you know, parenting routine and I realized how hard it was, and then I couldn't imagine doing it on my own. I mean, I had a night nurse when I first had my son. I had my parents. I had my son's dad and his 17 siblings, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I had a I had a whole crew, and 
my mom was doing it by herself. So I, um, I think the forgiveness came pretty shortly after I had my son, and I was like, whoa, this is a lot of work, you know? Yeah, and she was 16. Yes. 19 with your sister. And that's, I mean, she's not ready to be an adult. No. Which is what you have to be to have children. That's so young. That's, yes. That is a child. Yes. What do you think it was like for your mom, your, your, your biological mom, to give you up? It was probably... It was probably a little relieving, honestly. I mean, I think that she was in way over her head. And I think that she understood that she couldn't give us the life that we needed. I mean, we didn't have bed sheets. We didn't have proper – I mean, we, we've got these reports that just, you know, tell us, like, the conditions we were living in. And it was – it's not something you'd want for your kids, sure, I don't think. Sure. Interesting the way you said that, um, relieving, but with, with a real softness in your heart, which means you really have forgiven her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, not that I would ever, ever give my son up, ever, ever. But I think that it would be a lot harder if I were by myself. There are multiple kids. I had two by the time I had him. You know, I mean, it's just the circumstances were not in her favor. It wasn't. And I have such a good life now. I mean, I can't complain. Sure. Hold on to that comment about you can't imagine giving you someone. He's a teenager. You might want to. <laughs> you might want to lend him out. No, for a yeah, while. no, no, no. I mean, you're right. I mean, today when his dad took him, I was like, great, this is awesome. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> Not fully give him away. Just no, kinda, just like borrow. Just experience borrow him for a while. Yeah. You want kids? Try him out yeah, for a while. Try him out. Sometimes lend, borrowing kids, people's kids, is the best birth control ever. <laughs> I, yes, yes. It's crazy how you feel about other people's children. It's, yeah, no, no, thank you. It's interesting. Why do they shave your heads? Lice. Really. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, get, sanitary issues. I mean, it was chills, it was bad. Chills, yeah. No, it was really bad. I mean, we would do, like, life checks once a week. We'd sit over a table and, like, comb our hair out like this. And if anything came out, you had to, like, do, like, this acid bath. It was awful. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting because part of, you know, part of the first of our one – of the, one of the foundations of our identity is our name. But I know for, for, a, for a girl, it's also their hair. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was shocking because, I mean, you couldn't tell who was a girl, who was a boy. I mean, we shared clothes, too. I mean, boys would be wearing skirts. Girls would be wearing boys' clothes. Everybody has shaped heads. You you don't know who's who. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't mean to laugh. No, it's – no, it was – I mean, it really – I mean, it's, it's yeah. like, sad, but it's also, like, I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's your hair, you know? Well, you and your uh, – yeah, now that now you say now that. Now I say then, that. Yeah, it was pretty shocking when they first cut it off. It was uh, – Pretty shocking. I don't think anybody ever gets their hair cut off and they go, man, I look good. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't really honestly remember caring too much. I was just like, dang, this is extreme. I mean, I, th- I think I was like, you know, I was like four or five when I went in, so I was pretty young. But Were you and your sister able to call each other or, or no. see each other? No? No. You didn't know where she was, really? No. Was she far away? Or was she? Yes. Okay. Yeah, she was like 500 miles away. Really? Yeah. Wow. And you mentioned that your parents were coming to get you. So you had not met these people before they before they adopted you? No. Wow. How they, did they choose you? They send over like audition tapes like of the kids. Uh-huh. So there was like a video of me and I was like drawing a picture of a flower and then I did like this little Russian dance on the wall. Um, and so then they do that and then you go and you obviously meet them in person. It was unique though because my parents actually didn't even know about me when they got to Russia. Mm-hmm. They um, were going to adopt my sister because she was a baby. Like you said, everybody wants, like, the cute little babies. Um, and then their their agent was like, well, she's the second born. Do you want the first one? And they were like, no. Um, no. And then they met me, and mm-hmm. they fell in love with me. So it all worked out. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Come on. Ah, thank you. <laughs> you know, I find it interesting that, that the caseworker actually told them about you mm-hmm. because they've got a placement. Why not just rock, not rock the boat, right? Right. What was it like? Coming to America, I mean, it's probably safe to say it was your first airplane ride, which yes. is pretty incredible. But what was it like, you know, when you got here? How much did you know about America? I didn't know anything about it. Um, 
I was super confused because I didn't I didn't understand the concept of different languages at that point. Um, I, I didn't understand why I couldn't understand them, and I didn't understand really what was happening because they just told me your parents are coming to get you. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all. That's the only information I was given. Mm-hmm. And so um, when we got on the plane, I was super sick because we had gotten just a ton of vaccinations, and I was freaking out because I didn't know what was going on. My ears were clogged up, and some lady next to me kind of translated between my parents and I, just kind of explaining what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then I got here, and it was like the day before Halloween, so everything was just decorated, all kinds of messed up. <laughs> and I, I remember looking at the houses, just terrified. We didn't have Halloween in Russia. Right. We had like a, we talked about like Baba Yaga, like we had like little folk tales, but we didn't mm-hmm. have Halloween. Okay. And so I was, I remember Halloween very, um, very. Yeah, I still don't like that holiday. <laughs> I still don't celebrate it at all. Yeah. God has a sense of humor. He does. That was yeah, serious sense of humor. That was a sick one. So you didn't speak any English. Your parents didn't speak Russian. Mm-mm. How did y'all learn to communicate? I learned English. <laughs> I had to learn English, yeah. How did you do that? Um, my mom knew a couple of basic Russian phrases. Like, she would say, which means, like, what is this? And then I would tell her in Russian, she'd go, in English, it's, you know, and then she'd say the word in English. And so I uh, learned to do that. My grandfather also spoke Polish, which is similar to Russian. It's like Spanish and Portuguese. So we were able to kind of break by. I, I learned English within, like, three months, though. So. Really? Yeah, when you're a kid, you just absorb. You do. Yeah. You do. You have a great capacity for it at that time. You still have it, but it just takes a little bit longer for some reason. Right. Yeah, wow. Wow. I know three Russian words. Da? Yes. Niet? No. Vodka. Oh, yes. I love that one. It's my favorite one. (laughs) That's all I need to know to get around. Exactly. So tell me about your parents. Um, Before we go there, hold on. I have one more thing. So you you had to learn two versions of English. English and then Texan. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, y'all, and you know, no. I'm fixing to do this. I mean, it's like I am a born, you know, true Texan, and I'm like, I still don't get it. I'm fixing to, what I'm going to, or I'm getting ready to. It's like, I'm fixing to do. I have no idea where that came it's, from. I say that all the time, too, and I never even noticed that I say things. I was just in California recently, and I said, y'all, and they, they thought it was the funniest thing. They were like, oh my God, you are from Texas. I was like, what's wrong with that word? Okay. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah, it's their problem. Mm-hmm. So, tell me about your parents. Um, they're great people. Um, my dad is a real estate developer. My mm-hmm. mom was a stay-at-home mom, and um, they were just super involved. Mm-hmm. What got them to the point where they wanted to? And this is your story, but I'm curious. What got them to where they said, "Let's go ad- adopt a child in Russia"? Um, I so they chose Russia because they wanted a closed adoption. Um, versus like the states where like the mom, you know, could change her mind or like she's got 30 days to change her mind after the baby's, okay. I don't know, there's like a whole bunch of laws here. Okay. So they definitely wanted like, you know, this is our kid. We want to stick to that. So that's why they went with um, Russia. Um, I'm sorry, what was the other question? Well, the, um, why, why did they choose Russia to go get a, oh, a, right, a, yeah. to adopt a child from? Um, and I think they had looked into China, but my dad, he's, 79 now um so he's he's older you know i'm I'm 28 so by his age or whatever he would have only been able to like adopt certain children in china like he didn't have like they weren't allowed to have like the same like options mm-hmm. this is so messed it sound the way it sounds is just terrible yeah. but um they just they didn't have as many options in mm-hmm. other countries because of my dad's age and yeah okay wow you know my dad was 55 when he had me really? my mom was 40 yeah wow then they get this barrel of energy, bundle of energy. I can't imagine. That's crazy. <laughs> so how long do you think it really took you to sort sort of get adjusted to being part of a family and 
adopting to the culture here and going to school and um, did, did you have an you don't have an accent now but did you have an accent when you when you first learned English I did I did um, nobody ever really made fun of me for it though and it, it went away pretty quickly um, so it, it didn't ever really hinder me in any way and then I lost Russian pretty quickly right after that so hardly anybody ever knows unless you know they can so guess you by understand my name. Russian yeah. not too much okay. no we have that in common <laughs> there you go <laughs> how has being an orphan played out in your life I mean have you have you I read did a lot of reading about orphans and some of the things they go through. One is the fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. It's something that it stays with many orphans into adult life. Have you had to deal with that? Absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, I think it's I think that's something that almost everybody deals with. You know, just, I, don't, I don't really think that um, goes hand in hand with the fact that, you know, I was, I was adopted. I think that you were saying, you know, adjusting to the whole family thing, you know, how that works. That, that, that I think, has played out a little bit more. I... I struggle with my mom a little bit more than I'd like to, you know, admit. Um, my dad and I are super close, though. It's just, you know, I think that that whole mom thing took me a little bit longer to understand. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, when I got here, I, I had a mom, mm-hmm. you know. I, I never really had a dad, so it was a lot easier for me to warm up to my dad versus my mom. I, I wasn't sure how to process that. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I really don't think a lot of that healing happened until I had my son. I, I think that it went on until I was like 20 years old. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. wow. But you have resolved it. I think so. You know, I'm, I'm very active in therapy. I'm a huge believer in therapy. I love it. Um, yeah, me too. And so I, I think that that's super helpful, you know, just kind of processing everything. And being okay with, you know, not like always being okay. Sure. How do you feel about, I mean, again, part of our identity, the foundation of it is our name. Mm-hmm. You gave up your name because of adoption. Yes. So how do you feel about that? Uh, you know, it was a really long name. So, you know, it was, <laughs> Anastasia Myers is a lot easier to write. Um, so it, it didn't really affect me too much. I, I don't even know how to spell my old name. Yeah, so it was, really? yeah, really? it wasn't too bad. And, you know, I have my dad's middle name. I'm the third in his family to have it. Now my son has it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to have that family name now, too. Yeah, it is. What are the best things your parents taught you? Ooh, that's a good one. Um my dad taught me patience. He, okay. he never raised his voice. He never, you know, reacted to how I was acting sometimes. You know, teenage girls, we can be, we can be kind of mean sometimes. And so, you know, it's, really? yeah, you know, <laughs> sometimes. Um, so just, just learning that, you know, not everything I did warranted a reaction and not everything other people do to me, you know, needs to have a reaction because it's not, um, it's not about you. It's about what they're going through. And half my little blow-ups, you know, when I was like 14, 15, were about what I was going through. It had nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. And they were they recognized that, and they just were like, whatever, have your fit, mm-hmm. and come back to me when you're good. Yeah, so, we, yeah, we'll still be here. And I've taken that with me. You know, I'm the same way. I, just, I treat my coworkers the same way, my kid the same way, and it's just kind of give me a let-go kind of attitude. You know, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. I spoke with a friend of mine who, also from Russia, was adopted at, I think, age 12. Mm-hmm. And I was just querying him. I've known him for four or five years. And so, so I could ask him a lot of things that I may not be able to find on the internet. <clears throat> but one thing I gleaned from our conversation was, um, how have you processed adoption? Have you gone through this process? Like, in other words, do you see yourself as, did you ever see yourself as not being wanted? Or did you see this as an opportunity for a much better life? I think I always felt like this need to do more. I felt like to to prove that I was worthy, I had to be better than other people because it, you know, it's one of those things where if the person this is this is an irrational way of thinking, but you know, when you're a teenager and ever, the whole world's about you, you know, you're you sit there thinking if the person who's 
biologically programmed to love me doesn't, then who will? And that's a hard mentality to get out of, especially as a girl. You know, that can be a dangerous mentality. Um, So I I think that processing that was definitely hard, but I was so lucky to have just such a good family and support system who were there with me every step of the way. Uh You landed in a great spot. Yes. You did. That is awesome. Have you thought about, spent much time thinking about, what your life would have looked like if you had not been adopted, if you're still in Russia? I think it'd be awful. I think it'd be awful <laughs> given the call. right now, especially. My God. Uh, yeah, um, yeah I, I'm very grateful to be here. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you have spent some time thinking about it. Yeah, I, mean, I just yeah. What do, you, what do you think you? What do you think what your life would look like as a 28 year old uh, woman today if you were still in Russia? I think I'd probably have at least another kid. <laughs> you know, I just I don't think that it would have been uh, a society I would have thrived in. I'm really passive and I'm, I'm just not um, as assertive as they are over there. So I don't think I would have gotten very far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been 31 years since the Soviet Union broke up. Um, have you felt, and as a personal question, we don't have to leave this in the interview if you don't want, but have you felt any backlash for being Russian? I mean, yeah. it's silly. You have, a, you have nothing to do with Putin invading it's Ukraine. It's so stupid, but yes. Yeah. Really? It's crazy. I don't know what it, you know, it's, I was reading about it the other day, and they've come up with a new term for it called Russiaphobia. And, yeah, I've gotten um, a couple weird – and I can tell, like, it's, like, fake accounts and they're jokes or, like, they're people being stupid and whatever. But it, 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 it's a little unnerving sometimes. It's a little unnerving because it's like, you're right. What does that have to do with me? I'm, I'm a citizen, you sure. know. Yeah, and, you know, nobody wants to see the bloodshed. No, Nobody no. wants to see the bloodshed. And so, you know, it was been the, the breakup of the Soviet Union has been so long that you've got – soldiers attacking their cousins. I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy. It is awful. I hope that hopefully it will get resolved soon, but I'm not so sure it will. Yeah. It's uh, watching it every day. Yeah. So last question about your childhood, and then we're going to move on to what you're involved in today. So could you have even imagined the life that you have right now as a child? No, no. I, I, <clears throat> you know, I'm one of those people who lives like one day at a time. So mm-hmm. I, I really don't know what's going to happen. I don't even know what I'm going to eat for dinner. You know, it's like one of those <laughs> things where I just kind of play it by ear every day. But then, you know, I, I kind of snap out of it and realize, oh, my God, I'm, I'm a mom. And, you know, I have my own house. And, you know, I've got a really great career. And I'm doing all this volunteer work. And, no, I never would have imagined that. I had no idea what I was going to do. And I'm still not sure what I'm going to do, you know. But well, sure. every day, you know, just presents new opportunities and whichever ones are good and make me feel good, then I'll pursue those. Absolutely. That's great. Now, today you're involved with two charitable organizations, one focused on animal welfare and the other one on foster children. Uh, one, I love this name, is <laughs> Jimmy Sue and her beauties. Yes, yes. <laughs> Jimmy Sue is a former model, pageant queen, actress. She is just, she is a, you know, woman who's just dabbled in all areas of the entertainment field, and she is so passionate about animals. She's just such a beautiful, beautiful person. We're going to talk about that one second. <laughs> I love the name. But then, uh, and then also the Fundamentals for Foster Care. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do for Fundamentals for Foster Care? So I'm, I'm on their board, um, and we we basically just do whatever we need to. We contact different homes, you know, say, do you guys need certain supplies we can fundraise for? Um, you know, we're always, you know, going to different events, collecting donations. Um, we went to Oscars Week to try and, you know, get mentors um, from some of the actors over there. And we, we signed up quite a few people, which is awesome. Um, we, we do all kinds of stuff, and I'm meeting with the – um, the founder right after this because we're going to go over um, some stuff since we just got a new lawyer to help out with the nonprofit as well to kind of just get it big, bigger. Sure, sure, sure. Great. 
And then, how did you come in touch with come in contact with Jimmy Sue? And that's her real name. I looked it up on Guide Star. I'm like, what a J I M I S U. And we've got the. I wasn't sure how to pronounce either when I first. We, <laughs> we've got the the links on the on the on the podcast now. But but, you know, how did you come up? How did you meet the real Jimmy Sue and get involved in animal welfare? She just <clears> messaged <throat> me on Facebook, and she saw that you know I was working. I was already working with um, Cheryl at the foster care program at this mm-hmm. point in time. So she saw I was pretty active and you know just making you know collecting donations things like that. Um, and she asked if I wanted to be on her team too. And since. The foster care one's all around Texas, and that's really kind of more work from home. The animal nonprofit is local in Houston, uh, the Pasadena Animal Shelter mm-hmm. to be specific. So it, it was just something that kind of got me out of my house a little bit more. So it's nice because, you know, my day job is working from home. So sure. and he didn't get me out of the house. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. So before we end, is there anything else you want the world to know about Anastasia Myers? No, <clears throat> no. But, you know, I, I would like for people to – if they have the chance, look at these two foundations and see if this is something that you're interested in. We're always taking volunteers, you know, mentors, um, all kinds of all kinds of stuff. If you've got like extra books that are gently used, um, we're constantly collecting. So, if anybody has any questions about either of the programs, I'd love for them to reach out to me. How about maybe sponsor a backpack for a kid? Or absolutely, sure. yeah, we talked about it. absolutely yes. Uh, sponsor a backpack. Kids always need backpacks, suitcases, school supplies. Clothes, toys. I mean, even the fun stuff. It's not, you know, we're not just providing basic needs. We're giving them a life. Sure. So even toys. Yeah. I have a real heart for kids, yes. especially struggling kids, as I had shared with you earlier. And, you know, they're the most vulnerable citizens among us are children who are completely out of their control. I mean, everything is out of their control. They're taken from their home. Typically, we have 15 minutes to pack some, pack up what they can, typically in a trash bag. Mm-hmm. And that sends a subliminal message that you're trash. They're not trash. They're every bit as important as you and I are. Absolutely. They just have been dealt a really shitty life. Yes. So you, I admire what you're doing for kids and for animals. Thank you. Because they are very, the most vulnerable among us. They so, are. So. They are. Anastasia, thank you for coming Thank on. you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Look forward to seeing how God uses you to advance his causes and take care of those vulnerable citizens, animals, and kids. Okay? I'm excited to see it too. Thank Great. you. Awesome. And that concludes our show for today. Take a look at the websites for Jimmy Sue and her beauties and then also for the Fundamentals for Foster Care. And get involved. Donate if you if you feel compelled to. Volunteer. You know, if you have, she said, gently use books that you're not using. Maybe something that your kids had read 30 years ago, but you're still hold them, holding on to them. Donate them. If they need, if they if they have a need for them, they'll tell you. But please get involved in something. It's good for you and it's great for them. And you're helping those that can't help themselves. They need us. So, thank you and thank you to Anastasia Myers. I will. That concludes our show for today, and I will be back on the audio podcast tomorrow with another one-minute inspirational message. Until then, be well. <laughs>